It's time for another holiday hot mess episode of Keeping the Yuletide Gay with Gason. So get ready to see the blazing Yule before us as we strike the harp and join the chorus right out of the Christmas closet. Welcome to another episode of Keeping the Yuletide Gay with Gason. I'm your host, Gason, or as my friends just call me, Jason. You can call me either. It's totally fine. We've got another fun-filled episode for you today. We're going to discuss a special little Christmas snowflake in our festive fun fact. Mrs. Claus has created a sticky Christmas treat that can be made year-round. Uh, Carol's back with some crafting tips. Ned has some smelly new suggestions, and we will see if Christmas Comes Once a Year is a classic or not-so-classic Christmas special. And just a little reminder, our show, again, is not for younger listeners, as we may use some language and discuss some adult themes that could definitely land us on Santa's naughty list. So, you know, if you've got the little ones around, might be time to kind of hit pause and come back to us later when it's just the adults. So let's get on with the show and start things off with our festive fun fact. Well, hello, my holiday elves. Well, you know, as you remember in our last episode where we discussed Frosty the Snowman, I mentioned that every holiday season on WGN-TV Chicago and on WJAC-TV in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, that they show the Centaur Productions version of Frosty the Snowman, along with two other shorts, Susie Snowflake and Hard Rock, Coco, and Joe. And I mentioned in that episode that I thought I might cover those other two little Christmas shorts later on in the season. But after the show, I really thought about it, and I decided, why not just cover them now? So for today, I thought it'd be super fun to discuss a Christmas character many of you may not be familiar with. It's the one and only Susie Snowflake. In all transparency, I had only heard of Snoozy Snowflake on an old Christmas album called Snoopy's Christmas, which literally has nothing to do with the Peanuts character. Kind of does because it has that song where um, Snoopy's Christmas, where Snoopy and the Red Baron become friends, and it's kind of like a weird song. But the album had a bunch of other just random Christmas music on it, and there was a song about Snoozy Snowflake. And it really didn't, you know, kind of hit home or anything like that. It wasn't something that I really enjoyed. And I was just like, okay, this is a song about a snowflake. That's interesting. 
But as I started to research more about Susie, um, I realized that I did not give Susie a chance. And so this is my, my apology to, to Ms. Snowflake. Um, Susie Snowflake is a song that was written by Sed Tepper and Roy C. Bennett. And it was made really famous by the grand dame, in my opinion, of the movie White Christmas, the one and only Rosemary Clooney in 1951. If you haven't heard Rosemary's version of the song, I really encourage you to do so. Um, it's pretty fun. It's pretty whimsical. It's very cute. And honestly, I'm surprised more drag queens haven't really performed it, and they should. And really, I'm just kind of talking to you, Carol. Okay? You know, maybe add that to your repertoire. So anyway, the song tells the story of Susie the Snowflake as she comes to town in her winter... As she... Burp. Anyway... The song tells the story of Susie the Snowflake as she comes to town in winter wearing a beautiful white gown, bringing joy to the children around and helping them make snow people, but sadly, like Frosty, reminding them that she doesn't have long to stay. Now, the song doesn't really mention Christmas at all, but in the past, it was widely considered a Christmas song, rather than simply what it really is, which is just a, a song in the winter, kind of like Jingle Bells was really written more for Thanksgiving as kind of like a fall sliding into wintertime uh, song. Now, the song itself was turned into a cartoon-ish, uh, as I mentioned before, in uh, 1953 by Centaur Productions. And I really don't think we should use the word cartoon. It's more of a stop animation kind of style to it. So think back to things like Rankin Bass, but in this case, in black and white. Um, it's it's a cute, fun little short that absolutely makes sense airing with Frosty, Hard Rock, Coco, and Joe um, at the time. It's a very short short. <laughs> uh, I did forget in the last episode to include the Centaur Productions link of their version of Frosty the Snowman, so please make sure you check the show notes for a link to that, as well as the short of Susie Snowflake by Centaur. And I'll also have a link to Rosemary Clooney's version of the song, too. And speaking of Rosemary, she re-recorded the song again in 1978 in her album Christmas with Rosemary Clooney from Mistletoe Records. Now, a few other artists have uh, recorded Susie Snowflake. I don't know the name of the, of the artist that sang it on that Snoopy album. I don't even know if I could find it. Um, but uh, famously in 1959, Kenny and Corky sang it. And um, they honestly sound like Alvin and the Chipmunks. So I'm not really sure what was going on there, but you can definitely, I'm not even gonna link it. You can go find it on YouTube. Um, Arthur Godfrey uh, in 1967 uh, added some accordion music to it as well, which was kind of um, an interesting choice. And I am going to play you a, a hot little second of the alternative rock band Soul Coffin in 1997. Um, yeah, just take a listen to this. So, yeah, I, I mean, just, yeah, 
Um, I don't, um, yeah, I couldn't make it through the whole thing. Um, I get they were trying to do like kind of their own kind of riff on maybe this kind of style of music, but it's pretty far out there. So, um, you know, they're, I'm sure somebody enjoys it. It's just not, <laughs> it's definitely not me. Um, my notes on here actually say it made my ears bleed and I had to stop listening <laughs> because it's just not, I don't know. Again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you that you shouldn't have recorded it that way, but you shouldn't have recorded it that way. Anyway. Um, and then most recently in 2010, the marvelous wonderettes also had a very sweet kind of candy-ish version is the best way that I can describe it as well that you can go out and search for as well well uh let me know uh which one of those versions is your favorite uh, mine is honestly just gonna be rosemary's because well a she's a goddess b in you know she was in white christmas and uh saying one of my absolute favorite songs in the world love you done me wrong as well as sisters and um count your blessings and i could just go on because i love her so much in that movie but Anyway, let me know what your favorite version is. Um, and maybe you know a different version that I didn't get to mention on the show. Also, if you have any festive fun facts that you would like uh, me to talk about on the show, feel free to email us at keepingtheyuletidegay at gmail.com. And make sure to come back for our next episode, which will have our last little segment of the Centaur production series. I'm Get out your glue gun and your Christmas ornaments. It's time for our favorite crafting Christmas drag queen from up north, who always makes sure to put the mess in Christmas. It's time for Christmas Carol. OMG, it's me, Christmas Carol, your messy Christmas queen, don't you know? Listen, we're going to do a real quick chat today for sure, okay? Because Mama's going on vacation. It is right. I'm going to go see some friends in Nova Scotia. Yeah, I'm going to be gone from the show for a bit. But don't you worry, I'm not leaving for good. No, just taking a break to help some friends start to... They're wanting to create their own uh, special kind of drag show there. So I'm real excited to kind of go down there and share some of my knowledge and also, of course, do some crafts because, you know, you got to have some costumes and some decorations and things too. you know, help come up with some themes. And of course, we're going to have to have an, an amazing event to kick it off. So, you know, we got lots of stuff to do. And, you know, they just heard the show and said, hey, would you come down and help us out? And I was like, well, of course, if you're going to pay for my flight, because Carol only flies first class. OK, let's put it out there right now. Now, listen, I didn't want to leave you hanging or, you know, make y'all think that I quit or something because I love the, I love keeping the Yuletide gay with Gason and Mrs. Claus and little Ned. Like, we have a good time. We're such a good little family. Um, but I will, I want, I want to address something with you all. You know, there's this horrible rumor out there being spread around by a certain nasty little elf whose name I won't name. It's Mitzi. Okay, it's Mitzi. Let's talk about her. All right. First of all, I don't know why you're trying to cause problems, Mitzi. There's no reason for it. I know that you're jealous. You don't like that, that Mrs. C and I are besties. But hey, girl power. Okay. We're not trying to mean girl you out or anything. I'm just a better friend. Okay. I don't know what the problem is. Second of all, Mitzi, let me tell you something right here, right now. Okay. You don't ever come for a queen's crown. Okay. Just because you got a little five head on you. All right. You know, that forehead that goes all the way up to level five. Just because you've got that doesn't mean you can hold my crown. Okay. 
So back in a step down. I'll expect a formal apology later. All right. Anyway, I am sorry to have to put that out there, everybody. But sometimes you got to put people on blast to get them to get the message across. You know, it just happens. Okay. Anyways, listen, I'll be back very soon. You're not even going to notice that I'm gone. I bet you'll notice. Oh, it's okay. But until I get back, make sure that, you know, if you have craft tips or you have questions or anything like that for, for me to make sure you email them at the Keep a Yuletide Gay, okay? Make sure you do that, Keep a Yuletide Gay at gmail.com, and I'll be happy to, uh, to, to respond to those things on the next time I'm back on the show, okay? So I just want to say I love you all very, very much, but I'll be back, all right? And until next time, y'all, keep crafting. Well, the sounds of sherry being poured lets us know it's time to head back to the Christmas kitchen for Mrs. Claus's tasty treats for your holiday fun times. Cheers! I don't care, Mitzi. You're supposed to have the damn pan ready for the show. <laughs> oh, hello, dear listeners. I'm so excited that you're back in my kitchen again with me you know it's only four months away from christmas eve that's right first off let me apologize for taking a little nap during last month's episode and huge thanks to naughty ned for jumping in and helping out you know that's very sweet of him you know there should have been a certain other little elf named mitzi should have been over here but surprise she was on a break anyway you know, in fact, it's almost time to write her review. You'd think she'd want to be doing a good job, but whatever, it's fine, it's fine. You know, I received a lovely letter from a listener named Kristen. Yes. Did you know you can write to me? Because you can. Yes, you can. You know, uh, all you have to do is just send me a little uh, email at keepingtheluletidegay at gmail.com and it'll, you just put in it, Dear Mrs. Claus, and uh, Gason will send it right on over, you know. Anyway, she wrote, Kristen wrote, Dear Mrs. C., is there a dessert you can make any time of the year that's not only tasty, but quick and colorful? And I thought, well, yes, Kristen, there is. You know, there is an elf that works in our transportation department named Monty. And in fact, I call today's tasty treat Monty's Wreath Around for the Holidays. Mm, yes. Now, this recipe takes, a, it makes about 14 servings, and it's very, very simple, and it's very quick, and you can make more and more and more. It's very, very fast, because once they try it, trust me, they're going to be asking for wreath arounds all year round. True. Well, let's talk about what we need today for this recipe, okay? The first thing you're going to need is some cooking spray, which clearly Mitzi has not left out for me, so I have to go grab that. Oh, six cups of regular cornflakes. Mmm. Two 10-ounce bags of those mini marshmallows. One stick of melted butter. A half a cup of circular candies. Now, listen, what I mean by that is you can use, you know, whatever colors you are wanting to do for this project, okay? So, in this case, I'm making a Christmas wreath. So, I have... 
red cinnamon candies, you know, like little red hots and things like that. But if you're making this throughout the year, you know, maybe you want to have different color M&Ms like orange and brown for a festive fall, or you could do orange and black too for a, for a Halloween treat. There's lots of different options that you can do. And also you want to have uh, two fruit roll-ups to match with your holiday, okay? And liquid food coloring, mm -hmm. the liquid kind. I know some people aren't a fan of the food coloring because of the dyes and things, and I get that, but listen, we're cooking, okay? But you need to have liquid food coloring to match the holiday that you're, uh, you're making your wreath for, all right? Now, our tools for today are one large glass bowl, all right? One measuring, liquid measuring cup for the butter, uh, you're going to need a mixing spoon, a knife and a cutting board, a bunt cake pan. Mm, Mrs. C, you're getting crazy. <laughs> I know. And, um, uh, you know, a, a couple of dry ingredient measuring cups. So at least a one cup and a half a cup. Okay. Now, you should know that our first step, no matter what we do, is we're going to pour some sherry. That's right. Let me go ahead and... Unscrew the cap, because I'm a classy girl. There we go. All the way to the toopy toop. Perfect. All right. Now, we want to toast to our success. So, here's our toast today. You double the C and you double the S. Double your drink and you'll be a success. I'm a poet. <laughs> so good that's how you start the day off right I'm not, I'm not kidding that is how you do it okay that's how you start the day now let's get into our steps okay so we've got step one step two everybody this is uh, the pretty easiest step and if you know you want the kids to help with this they absolutely can okay they absolutely can all we're going to do is spray our butt cake pan with our cooking spray so I've got my cooking spray here. Give it a nice good shaky shake. So I've got my pan and it's really important that we get it all the way around, okay? Now I use the butter flavor because I like the smell of it. I'm just going to be honest with you all. There we go, we got it all nice and good and coated. So we're going to set that aside. We're going to move on now the next thing we've got to do is we've got to get our butter melted okay so we're just going to take a stick of butter and wrap that butter put it in the cup and we're just going to put it in the microwave for just a few moments until we get it nice and, and melted okay We'll just keep checking on it until we get it melted. But what we're going to do now is we're going to take our big glass bowl and we're going to open our marshmallows. I'm a big fan of marshmallows, you know. I don't know if you all knew that, but we're just going to pour them in the bowl. Here we go. We'll get the other bag in there as well. Right, we've got our marshmallows in the bowl now, which is wonderful. 
it's uh, looking at our butter it's still good so we're going to take a second you can take this time to make sure you've got all of your stuff ready for the next uh, part of the recipe which is uh, you want to get your cornflakes ready to go and you want to get your um, uh, your your candies lined up whoop I hear the beeping perfect perfectly melted wonderful wonderful I'm going to give it a quick little stir make sure we got all the butter melted wonderful all right now what we're going to do is we're going to uh, mix the mellows and the butter together mm -hmm. going to mix it all together so I'm pouring the butter over the mellows like so. Good. Now, what we're going to do though is we're going to put the butter and the uh, marshmallows back into the microwave because we're going to try to melt it a little bit, okay? So I've got it going into the microwave. Now, remember, you don't want to put it on there for like five minutes and forget about it. No, no, no. You want to make sure that it's melted, not burnt. Okay? So while I'm doing that, I've got to prepare my, uh, my cornflakes. I've got them in a bowl. So remember, you want to use six cups of cornflakes. And go ahead. And I've also got my uh, Melitta candies in a, in a half a cup. Let's check this out. And see if it's at the right right consistency I think it is so we're going to stir this now and get the mellows and butter to melt together be careful not to burn yourself you know so to take it a bit of time to stir Really about 30 to 45 seconds, honestly, is enough time to get it to melt. This next step is important. What we're going to do now is we're going to add our liquid food coloring. Now, you're going to choose whatever color you want for the holiday that you're talking about or you're making it for. So I'm doing a nice green because I'm making a Christmas wreath. But you could do whatever colors you want for the holiday that you have. And remember, the more you use, the darker the color will be. So you want to get that all nice and mixed up. You don't want it swirly unless you're making, you know, I guess some type of rainbow thing. But I don't know if that would really work or not. All right, now, now comes the fun part. All right, so we've got this going. We're going to quickly, in our other bowl, add our cornflakes. Okay, we've got some cornflakes in there. And you're going to add your red candies. Now, here comes the crazy messy part. We're going to take this goo of green that I've made, we're going to pour it right into the cornflakes and candy mixture, okay? Oh, it's a sticky mess. Yes, it is. Just a sticky mess. All right. Now, before this marshmallow sets, we've got to stir like crazy. Because we want to coat 
everything in the mixture. Oh, it's getting tough. But you know what, I'm an old broad. I got it. Look at me go. I'm doing it. <laughs> oh, those red hot candies are adding a real nice spot of color throughout it. All right. The next thing we're going to do whew, is I'm going to take a sip of sherry because, whoo, good thing I don't got the arthritis. <laughs> I'm sorry to slurp, but it's so good and we deserve it. We deserve it. Now, what we're going to do is we are going to then spread this mixture into our bunt cake pan. And that is what's going to give it its Christmas wreath shape. Or really, your just holiday wreath, if you will. And try to get it in there as, as even as possible because it'll make things a lot easier when you get it out. And you can put it on a pan or something, you know. All right. Now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take our bunt pan and we're going to put it in the refrigerator or the freezer, whatever works for you. It doesn't matter. But we need it to solid up, okay? So I've got it in the freezer, now you, or in the refrigerator. Now, you might want to keep it in there for at least 20 minutes or so. It's going to be up to you what you want to do. Now, while we've got a few minutes while we're waiting for that to happen, I want you to know that I have a special guest for you. I do. Now, while we've got a couple of minutes, I thought I would bring in a special guest today. We haven't had a guest in a while, so I thought I'd bring one in today. And of course, what guest would we bring in but none other than Monty the Elf. Hello, Monty. Let me first, before you even talk, let me get you some sherry. Because every guest gets sherry. To the top. Thanks for having me as a guest, Mrs. C. Of course, Monty. Cheers. Cheers. Now, Monty, what do you do in our transportation department? Well, my job is simple. I manage all the vehicles that are used here at the pole. Of course, our most famous vehicle is Santa's Red Sleigh. But the North Pole is huge. We have all kinds of forklifts and golf carts, trucks and more. We got to make sure they're all in tip-top shape at all times. So, you know, my team's jobs is to make sure that they're, pre uh, pre you know, repaired. Uh, sometimes we create new things if Santa's looking for something special. Then uh, we also have to certify people driving because some of these elves don't know what they're doing. All right, we know that. And, uh, you know, we have to, like, sign in and out the vehicles because some people like to think they can go on a joyride. We ain't going to notice, right? <laughs> Wonderful. And uh, your team does an amazing job, you know, helping us get everywhere we need to go and, and all of those things, you know. Some of us might be a little bit fancy and have a driver. But, you know, sometimes I like to take the golf carts up and down the toy aisles and just see what Santa's and you all have been working on. Well, that's very kind of you, Mrs. Claus. We really appreciate it down there. The guys are going to be real excited to hear this. Tell us, Monty, how did the wreath around come to be? Well, I'll tell you, Mrs. C. Giving wreath arounds has been a tradition in my family for generations. You see, it all goes back to my great-great-great-great-grandfather who had some unexpected friends drop by on uh, one holiday season. You know, the people that don't call first. 
Anyway, they brought him a few cocks as a gift. But I can see by your face I'm supposed to call them chickens. Okay, so we got chickens. Anyway, he didn't have anything to give him. Suddenly, though, he remembered something his grandfather taught him. The old family wreath around. So he quickly ripped up some wreath arounds in the kitchen and gave a good old-fashioned wreath around to each one of his friends. And let me tell you something. The way that my great-great-grandpappy tells the story is that they were super surprised at how fast he gave them a wreath around. You know what I mean? They barely had time to react. And they all left so happy and relaxed because they had a fun treat to share with their friends and families and a new tradition to spread around too, giving wreath arounds for everybody. Oh, I just love hearing about bacon bringing joy and that you shared this delicious fun recipe with our listeners. Mm. Oh, no problem, Mrs. C. We sure appreciate all the wreath arounds you and Santa give us each year. Yeah, we really do. We loves them. We really appreciate how you're also here in the kitchen, you and your staff, always try to find a way to include some of our recipes from our heritage and our culture. Uh, because, you know, it may not be a, a common knowledge, but, you know, there's all kinds of elves, all right? There's a lot of different elves, and so we each come from different parts of the world, and we all got different things. And, you know, y'all does a real good job about doing that for us, making sure we all have a little taste of home. So we really appreciate that. Well, listeners, we need to take just a short break to make sure that we give enough time for this tasty treat to firm up. We'll be right back. <laughs> Listeners, Monty was teaching me an elvish drinking game called Thimble Timble. <laughs> it's where you balance a thimble on your finger while the other players try to make you laugh. And if the thimble falls, you have to take a shot. <laughs> I've lost quite a few rounds, let me tell you. Monty, you're a character. <laughs> oh, all right, so we're going to pop our wreath around out of the pan. And what I would do is I would place it on top of your serving dish. Okay, so I'm going to place it on top of my, of my plate here. Okay, dear listeners, now go ahead and grab yourself your serving platter. Because that's what we're going to pop this wreath around out on. And I'm just going to simply take the bunt pan and flip it over. And if you did it right, it'll slide right out. And it just did. It looks beautiful. Ooh, it looks green and delicious. Mm. And the little berries add such a little spark to it. They really, really do. Um, it's perfect. Now, all you have to do is you're going to take a fruit roll-up. Now, any fruit roll-up will do, but I've chosen uh, a strawberry-flavored one because, you know, I'm trying to keep it within the holiday. But, you know, you don't have to do a fruit roll-up if you don't want to, but it's up to you. Whatever colors you may want your fruit roll-up to be. And what I would do is you're simply just going to take your knife or even a pair of good kitchen shears and cut a little... Um, and cut a little ribbon out, yes. So, you know, if you want to use your cutting board, you can. I'm going to use my kitchen shears just to quickly cut through and make a little ribbon. Little design that takes no time at all. You know, just, just cutting a ribbon. Mm, yeah. And the children are just going to love. First of all, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, is that cereal? Number one. 
and we're going to be very excited to tell him, yes it is. I've got one big one to make into my actual bow. And you can make your bow however you want. This is your this is your thing, you know. So just go crazy with it and make it however you want. And you might need, I, you know, I told you to put down two fruit roll-ups and that might be the case that you want to do. You can do two fruit roll-ups, that's okay. Whatever your little heart desires. And you've got a perfect, perfectly carved and shaped wreath around. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you want, and you save some of those candies, you can actually sprinkle them on the top, and they might even stick a little bit more. Just add a bit more colour to it, that's fine. Now, let's taste it, Monty. I'm going to take my knife, and we're going to cut a piece of it out. Oh, listen to that crunch, Monty. And here's some for you and me. Mmm, 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 mmm. Listen, this will be great with chocolate, but I think the Red Hots had a bit of cinnamon Christmas joy to it, so you know, mmm, 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 delicious, absolutely delicious, Monty. This was am is amazing. I gotta say, Mrs. Claus, this is one of the uh, the best wreath arounds I've had in months. It's absolutely wonderful. Oh, thank you, Monty. <laughs> well, everyone, we'll have to bring Monty back because he's got lots of recipes from his family. Thanks for having me, Mrs. C. You'd have to have another cup of sherry after this one, too. It's so good. It's got me all kind of feeling giddy. <laughs> okay. Well, until next time, happy... <gasps> Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy treat tasting. Welcome back for another classic or not so classic Christmas special review. You know, we have already had a jam packed episode. And so I thought this time, why don't we do a little mini special review? A mini special review with one of my holiday guesty besties. So please welcome back uh, guesty bestie John. Hi, buddy. You, you were on for, uh, what was it called, Why the Bears Dance on Christmas Eve? Yes. Yeah, if you if you haven't listened to that episode, you should definitely go back and hear that. Don't be bashful about it. <laughs> Did you have that joke written down? No. Oh. That is just pure John. I'm super proud of you on that. Thank super you. Proud. Thank you. Now, normally, I have you select um, a Christmas special out of three choices and then we come back and we watch it uh this time i chose one because i know you know this but for listeners who may not there are a ton of older cartoon shorts that are less than 10 minutes that are public domain now that show up a lot on like christmas compilation dvds um and so there are some that i've seen some that i haven't and one that uh the first one that came to mind when i said oh we should do a short episode on this is um the Christmas cartoon short, Christmas Comes But Once a Year. Uh, had you seen it before? I think I had. It's very, like, 
Yeah. Yeah. Until you sit down and rewatch it again and you're like, I think I've seen this. Did I see this before? Um, so this short actually came out in 1936. Oh, a very it's, good year. Is it? I don't know. It was hell old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it was produced by Fleischer Studios and released on December the 4th, 1936 by Paramount Pictures. Mm. So they've been around a long time. And it was part of their color classic series. And this cartoon featured the character Professor Grampy, who was from the Betty Boop cartoon series. And oddly enough, this is the only appearance with uh, Professor Grampy uh, that did not have Betty Boop involved in the show. Hmm. So this is his only one. Um, I'm very excited to talk about this cast uh, because I didn't know who they were until I researched them. So Jack Mercer stars as Grampy. And I don't know if you know, but Jack Mercer originated the voice of Popeye the Sailor with a gig And also, he was Felix the Cat. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. And then, playing all the orphans, which makes no sense, but whatever, is May Questel. Do you know who May is? I do not. Oh, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna blow your mind right now. Okay. May is most famously known for being olive oil. Oh. But even more famous because she was Betty Boop. Uh, okay. But she's even more famous to other generations because she was Aunt Bethany in Christmas Vacation. Oh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, Aunt Bethany. That's awesome. No, Bethany, those are Christmas lights. Don't throw me down, Claude. I'll try not to, Aunt Bethany. Is this the airport, Claude? We're here. Hey, Grizz, me and Bethany figured out the perfect gift for you. Oh, Uncle Lewis, you didn't have to buy me anything. Damn it, Bethany, he guessed it. Oh, that was fun. I love riding in cars. <laughs> when did you move to Florida? Ellen, are you still dating Clark? Oh, Aunt Bethany. You know, you shouldn't have done that. Oh, dear. Did I break wind? Jesus, did the room clear out, Bethany? Hell no, she means presents. You shouldn't have brought presents. So, yeah, it's Aunt Bethany, which is crazy to think that Aunt Bethany was the voice of Betty Boop. But when you listen to her voice, you can totally hear her doing Betty Boop. So. Yeah. There was one other voice in the show uh, singing the first song, but there was, um, they weren't quoted anywhere. Like, I couldn't find anything when I was looking for it. So, um, I don't know who the singers are. I'm assuming May sang All the Kids, and uh, I'm assuming Jack sang Grampy when Grampy sung during yeah. the show, but I don't know who the first guy was. Um, so, real quick, what, as we get ready to start this, what was your. What was your first thought as soon as you hit play? Um, actually, I, I thought, oh, great. You picked Max Fleischer because I love the old cartoons like oh, that. So I was really okay. excited to watch this. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I, I just wrote that I really like this whole vintage style of animation. Oh, yeah. I thought it was really cool. Um, it's super cute, but I thought the song at the beginning, the first Noel, was a little too melancholy almost. Um. I don't know. I just felt... I mean, it was the Great Depression. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think about it at Christmas. 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 No, do number three. Yeah, I don't even know how to... Christmas. It's, it's like... You... Mark Christmas! Yes, thank you. 
I was like, which way? Hold on. I say it multiple ways. More Christmas. More Christmas. Um, so, okay. So the show starts out. We open on the first song, which is the first Noel. where we see a very shabby orphanage. And again, this is what I think. I think it could have been pepped up just a smidge. The first Noel is a very pretty song. And I know it's kind of a song. I don't think it's supposed to be solemn though. Like it was very, it's not my favorite. So we see the shabby orphanage with a sign on the door that says Merry Xmas. And it's clearly implied that it was written by a kid because the S in Xmas was inverted. Yeah. Because um, that's adorable, apparently. I don't really think that is. I find it annoying. I said apparently in a sarcastic <laughs> tone. Um, um, one thing with that that was cool, I don't know if you noticed, but I think they used, I don't know if this is the right word, but like rotoscoping. I think that was actually a 3D model. Of you are the correct. Orphanage. Yeah. No, that's exactly what they did. Yeah. Um, which is fascinating. I don't think I've ever seen, I don't think I've seen that in a, in a cartoon of that time period. I mean, I know they used to do it in some of the Disney stuff. They used mm. the, the, they would do the photography where it would like, they would take a picture of the panel and then move through the panel. So they were actually on glass. Oh. Um, but I can't, I can't think of a good example right now, but I watched like a whole mini documentary about it one time. Like oh they had gosh, a special camera that came that is, top. They would take the picture top down and mm-hmm. it stood like maybe three or four feet off the floor of the glass panes. And then the camera was vertical. It was really cool. Interesting. I would totally watch that. Yeah. I, I totally, one of the things that I really liked, I was like, oh, this is kind of almost 3D-ish yeah. um, in the way that they did it. Um, okay, so we, we go into the orphanage, and uh, my note just says, we see a disaster of a Christmas tree. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it was dead. Yeah. It was very bare. It looked like... What's that thing dogs get where their fur falls off? Is it mange? Mange. It looked like if a tree could get mange. I mean, the whole building kind of looked like that. I, well, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. very... Whoa. Is, is the, and now that you said it's the Great Depression, I mean, it kind of literally... Yeah. You know. Um, they have, like, broken ornaments hanging on it, which just broke my heart. Because I was like, is that all you have to decorate with? <laughs> and there's, like, a sad star at the top that's just basically trying to decide if it should give up or not. <laughs> Because it's taking off. And then we see a bunch of stockings hung by the chimney, filled with toys. Um, they are not the kids' stockings, but they look like they were freshly worn. Yeah. They look pretty rough. Yeah. It's real rough. Um, I tried to count them, but I lost count because I don't think there were enough stockings for the multiplying children throughout, which I'll talk about more in a bit, but... We then move into the dormitory where all the orphans are asleep, and I counted ten. I didn't count. There were ten. But later on, there's like 50 kids running around in there, and I don't know where they all came from, because I counted ten. Because <laughs> I went back and watched it a second time <laughs> to make sure I wasn't just like not paying attention. 
Um, they have a cuckoo clock that wakes them up, and it's the most adorable thing in the world because Desert Cuckoo just opens a door and a little puppy comes out. That was what I wrote down was who loads the dog clock, <laughs> which is an either further, even further question like. Where were the kids' caretaker? There's nobody there. There's nobody there. I kept thinking maybe we'll see somebody in the background. Like, I thought maybe it was Professor Grampy at first. Like, he's coming back with stuff mm. for the kids. But then he, like, this jumping ahead. This is spoilers for a 1936 cartoon. <laughs> he, <laughs> I think the whole episode is a Instead, spoiler. he crawls through a back window later. And yeah. it's like, okay, where? Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like, like... I wonder if there's another edited, unedited version. There has to be an adult in it somewhere. In my memory, when I saw it, I thought, because I, th- I, I know I've seen it before. I know I have. I swear that I thought there was a person crying when she realized that the toys break, which we'll talk, we're totally jumping around, but huh. I feel like there's a longer, I think there's a longer clip of it. There has to be, but you're right. There's no adult, which makes no sense uh, because they're all toddlers. Um, so the cute little puppy jumps down onto the face of one of the kids and licks it awake, which I was like, this is adorable. Which uh, also makes me think maybe Professor Grampy had been there before because, like, he's all about the contraptions. Like, who decided to build the slide clock with the puppy? I mean, it's true. I didn't really think about that. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. So the puppy comes down and licks one of the kids' faces, and the kid wakes up and shouts, Merry Christmas to everybody else, and they all wake up. Um, and they run out of the room to go check their stockings. And this is where we see that amazing animation scale of let's just use the same frame 400 times. Uh, there were only three haircuts and three hair colors, black, brown, and blonde. And a, to- and a baby. There was a baby. Yeah. Um, but here's what I wanted to say about this. To me, this was ahead of its time. Because we never know the gender of those kids. That's true. They're very genderless. They're just kids. And I was like, I know that that's not what the uh, the idea was back in the day. It was just easy, quick animation. But thinking from today's perspective, I really enjoyed the fact. Like, I was like, oh, wow, there's no gender here. Right. That's they kinda, fantastic. They kind of remind me of Cupid dolls. Do you know? What yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally Cupid dolls. Very similar. Yeah. And they all sound the same because, again, May did all the voices. And they were all literally the same kid voice. Speaking of voices, that's the point where I was like, okay, maybe I, I can't understand them all gr- that great. So I turned on closed captioning on mm. YouTube and it said it was English, but it was all in French. Oh. Well, and when I switched you. to the French subtitles, they were still French. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh my gosh, it's too funny. Um, the orphans all sing a silly little song called Christmas Comes But Once a Year. Which is, of course, the title of the show. And it's not the only time we're going to hear that song. And they're all very excited. And they start grabbing their stockings, except for the baby who can't reach theirs. And I did like this. The baby jumped up and grabbed a thread, like a hanging thread off the sock, and unwound it down <laughs> to get that weird stuffed animal thing out of it. That yeah. Like, like poop. Um, also, the one kid 
when it was in the stocking, it looked like the kid had just got a stick, and I was super sad for it. I mean, it turned out to be like a pop gun, but I was like, man, these kids really are poor. All you get is a stick. That kid got a stick. You got a stick, and Johnny, Johnny over there got a wreck. <laughs> Johnny's privileged. <laughs> Johnny was better. That was granite. Um, uh, the kids start playing with all of their quote-unquote toy. I wrote quote toys, yeah. um, which appear to be all used and broken and i thought like taped back together because they fall apart as soon as the kids start playing with them right there's this whole thing with like this one kid has a first of all they gave the kid a gun so <laughs> i'm already annoyed <laughs> the kid pulls the trigger on the gun and it pops and then the entire toy breaks it crumbles <laughs> to the ground uh and then another kid is um gets a teddy bear that was my favorite <laughs> because like the teddy bear just like melted in the kid's arms as i'm not sure if it was supposed to be the sand or like cornmeal came out oh maybe cornmeal which if it was cornmeal i was angry that they wasted that when they could be feeding it to the children that's so, true that's true i didn't think yeah. about cornmeal i thought it was sand yeah. but yeah it's stuffing all leaked out on the ground um and oh there's a kid that gets a football and as he's blowing the football up you see it's been patched like 30 times and then he blows it up so big that it just pops every patch. And they all start crying. Wow, that was an annoying amount of crying, too. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. Um, but they all start crying really loudly. And as they're crying, I tried to count the number of kids. <laughs> and there were more than 10 again. Um, we go outside and we see Grampy in a sleigh. Singing his version of Christmas Comes But Once a Year. And I like this because his sleigh reads Professor Grampy Inventor. And instead of being pulled by an animal, it's being propelled by a boat propeller. Yeah, like a boat motor. Boat motor, yeah. Outboard motor. That's what Outboard motor, thank yeah. you. I didn't know what to write, so I put boat motor, boat propeller. And it's literally pushing him through the snow. And I was like, I don't think that's how that works. There's a lot of that in this, though. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he hears the kids crying and I do love this too he drops an anchor <laughs> <laughs> like he's in a boat for real the one thing I loved about this is he's like singing a song and playing music using the bells that are on the thing and I love it in old things like that like the 40s 50s where somebody plays a tune on bells that are clearly all the same size but it plays like Oh, yeah, size. different beats. Like, or different sounds, I should say. Different sounds. I don't want to bring up Holiday Inn again after the last time we talked about Holiday Inn. But when Bing, see my face. Bing does that hitting the bells on the tree yeah. with his pipe. Like, I love that. It always is just amazing to me. I want that to happen in real life. Oh, okay. We could make that happen. We could? We could, we could find ways for you to have bells that all play the same sound. Do you hear that, Santa? I need a Christmas miracle. <laughs> um... He looks in on the kids and sees all the broken toys and he watches them all sadly. They just decide to go back to bed. They're like, today is ruined. And 
Pappy should know better. I've seen enough horror movies to know if you hear kids crying in a broken down building, you don't go in. Okay? <laughs> so true. He's asking to die. This is true. This and is with true. the way that the children are multiplying and then shrinking. They're like gremlins. In, like. They're literally like gremlins. Like maybe they're, they're like Casper. They're actually popping out of the floor and nobody sees it. Oh, that could be it too. I don't know. They just kept multiplying. I was like, what the hell is happening? Yeah. Um, he sits down and ponders uh, how gloomy this Christmas is and how he wants it to make it better. And I did laugh out loud. There's this cartoon trope that everybody does where like they get an idea and the light bulb turns on above their head. But Grampy actually takes a light bulb out of his pocket, puts it on his hat, and then when he gets the idea, it turns on. And I was like, you know what? We're good, Gramps. I guess that's a thing that he... I actually looked this up, too, but it's a thing that he used in the other cartoons, too. It's literally oh, really? his thinking cap. Oh. And, like, like, that's kind of what his character does in most of the cartoons, is he pulls out his thinking cap and comes up with the best way to do an invention that's going to fix things. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I like that. So he walks into the snow, and every step, he gets more snow stuck to the bottom of his shoes, which was... I was like, what the hell is happening? Uh, but then he walks over to a window and breaks in it. He, he literally breaks in. Um, I wrote, breaking and enter- entering Professor Grampy. <laughs> I mean, he does. He totally broke in. <laughs> uh, and falls into a room, which we figure out is the kitchen. And then he goes like, I feel like he had a senior moment. Uh, but he <laughs> he grabs anything that is not nailed down. He just goes ham on that room. He does. Like, I mean, he just piles stuff under the floor. And I was like, you're, yeah. you're breaking stuff. Yeah. But anything that's not nailed down gets thrown into a pile. And you're like, is he going to set the building on fire just to finish off Christmas forever? But no, he starts to build toys out of all the things in the kitchen. Yeah. Because he's an inventor. And the first thing he builds is he takes a washboard... Two wooden hangers and takes off that metal part of the hangers. Um, some metal strips, and he puts some nails in his mouth, which just was gross. But that's a Popeye move. Is it okay? The the spitting the nails in his stuff. Okay, that yeah. makes a lot of yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah, so he spit the nails and he built a sled. Yeah, it's cute. But they said if that kid's coming down a really steep hill and comes to a stop, they're, they're basically going to grate their ass into cheese <laughs> coming off of that thing. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. Um, and also, I want to point out, he's taking the junk that's used to actually provide for the children's basic needs. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And they're incredibly poor. And he's just breaking and recombining them to make these toys. So he's literally ruining these children's livelihood. Yeah, to give them a toy. I was really confused on how he made the paper airplane, or made the airplane. Because it was like, he tore off paper... That I didn't know if it was supposed to be aluminum foil, but then he makes like an airplane out of like a tube and some paper and a wooden spoon as a propeller. I think the tube is actually one of those old insect sprayer things. They <laughs> is used that to what do. that was? Yeah, okay, like that the would tube make sense. With then. The tube on the front. Okay, I think that's okay. what that was. It was weird. It wasn't my favorite. Yeah, no. It did fly on its own, which I thought was also bizarre. Yeah, but, you know, mm. it's, it's Grampy. I mean, uh, did you kind of get like a Mary Poppins magic feel from Grampy a little bit? Like he does, yeah. he does stuff that. Well, the next toy is my favorite. Okay, and it's the walking duck. Yes. And I, I hesitated as I was writing this because I was like, I don't even know how the hell he made it, but I think he used a dust, like a duster. 
maybe, or something. I actually wrote it down. Okay. This bird is two forks, the guts of a wind-up clock, an old feather duster, and a dirty old sock. <laughs> Not one of these things is something to give a child. Yeah. <laughs> but he puts it together and winds it up, and the damn thing walks. And I was like, you know, I collect toys, and if somebody were to make a toy of that right now, I would buy that damn thing in a heartbeat. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then he makes a guitar out of a pan and a lid and some string, which was... Yeah, I mean... Okay. They all can't be winners, Grant. I feel like he started to get a little lazy there at the end. Oh, yeah. 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 We'll talk about the skis in a minute. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Then we flash to the kids crying in their beds, and while they're crying, he... I did enjoy this. He starts popping popcorn, but the way that the popcorn is shooting out, it shoots into a funnel that's attached to a sewing machine, and the sewing machine is on its own. And it's stringing the popcorn together, and then he's decorating with it, which I thought was cute. I was like, that's a cute idea. Okay. I feel like it's clever and it could work, except that's a foot-powered sewing machine. Yeah. And there's nobody doing there's that. Nobody so doing once there's again, a... back to the ghost children. Okay. Or maybe, maybe their caretaker's a ghost, and that's why we don't see them. Oh, that could be it. Maybe Daddy died in the coal mine. And... I don't think it's Daddy. <laughs> Daddy's not going to be sewing. <laughs> it was the 30s. Okay, Mama. Yeah, it was Mama. Died, died down at the the, um, clo- the cloth factory. That's oh, that would be it. Yeah, the cloth yeah. factory. I have a question. So I was really confused. So he goes back into the kitchen, and what did he do to the stove to make his shoes and pants look like boots? He took the pieces of stovepipe and broke so them off. So it was the stovepipe. Yeah. Okay, because I was like, I thought he took soot and painted all of it, and I was like, did he just break the damn stove? Because again. They need this to survive. <laughs> but he did break the pipe off the stove. Yeah, I mean, have you seen how much snow is outside and how thick it is? Yeah. 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 So then he takes a pillow, puts it in his pants and shirt, and then he um, grabs a tablecloth, which I thought was funny. It was a tablecloth that had white trim, a red tablecloth that had, like, white trimming around it. Puts it on as a coat, rips it open for his arms to come out. And then I couldn't tell what he used as a belt buckle. Was it a purse? Or was the hat a purse? I couldn't tell. Because he grabbed something off of something and then another thing to make the Santa hat. Um, but I couldn't tell. I like tried even lightening the picture up to see if I could... No. Yeah. But uh, he runs uh, over to the kids and rings the bell dressed as Santa, waking the kids up by saying, Merry Christmas. They get all excited. They jump up to go play with their quote-unquote toys. This is my favorite thing. I have ever seen in my life. One kid gets into a damn high chair and the high chair is attached to a corded vacuum cleaner. (laughs) And when the kid turns the vacuum cleaner on, it starts to vacuum the floor and pull the kid around with it. Like it's a damn ride. And I was like, if I was a kid, I would have loved that. And that kid, when that thing takes off, puts on a schnooty, bougie face. <laughs> Just like, suddenly that kid is better than everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Um, another kid gets um, an electric train made out of dishes and a coffee maker. An old school percolator coffee maker, which yes. was amazing. Um I don't know how it was powered, though. Was it was it an electrical charge on the actual yeah, it track? It shows there's like a little electric buzz when it okay. first starts up. Okay. 
Because I loved the coffee pot when it was it was steam, which would be the steam from the locomotive, and then uh, the wheels were plates and silverware. It was super cute. Like yeah. I thought it was really cute. Um, Again, not safe in any way. Not at all. Literally open electric connected to. Yeah, the kid falls on it. We're done. Yeah, hot but coffee. Maybe it goes back to your theory of ghost children. Maybe or Grampy cost the ghost children. Maybe mom's trying to make ghost children. Oh, that's true. Because she's lonely. Um, then Grampy gets a ton of cotton, which is weird. Because I feel like back then you wouldn't waste fresh cotton like that. I mean, considering the time period, it's probably asbestos. Oh, yeah. It's probably asbestos. You're yeah. right. So he covers the stairwell with it to the upstairs of the orphanage that we never really see what's up there. And turns it into a ski slope. And then he paints this big mural on the wall, which if I ran the orphanage, I'd probably kind of be pissed. But then I would be like, great, now we've got one painted wall. It looks like hell in here normally. I'm going to have to have somebody paint every wall now. <laughs> um, Plus that's going to look terrible in July. Oh, totally. Like who wants a winter? Well, I mean, I would take a winter scene in July, but I don't think. Yeah, but, but yeah, we're not normal. We're not. Um, and then he he's really inventive because... He takes a bar of soap and swings it over a cheese grater by having a fan blow the soap back and forth. And every time the soap, which again, I don't know how this would work normally in real life, but every time the soap hits a cheese grater ridge, a flake falls off and then the fan blows the fake, the flake and it looks like it's snowing. So I thought that was really fun. Um, it, I can't even imagine if that would be practical in the real world because... A bar of soap is not going to look like a snowflake yeah. that way. Although I do think in some of the older movies back in the day, they used soap for the the fake snow. Oh, did they? Yeah, I think that's actually kind of... Pretty common? Yeah, I think that's actually realistic. Hmm, interesting. And asbestos, but that's a different thing. And asbestos. Um, he then um, takes... So they can't afford food or toys or repairs, but by God, they have like 14 green umbrellas. Yeah. And Grampy takes all the umbrellas, puts them together as... You should see the hand motion I just did. Um, He puts (laughs) them all together. And and again, not realistic. He opens them and they form into a tree shape. I don't think that's how that would work. No. And then... He just straight up straightens the wooden handle of the bottom umbrella by brute force, which is terrifying. That like, that old man could do that? Yeah, like if it was metal, that'd be one thing. But he's literally entering like druid territory now. Yep. Like That's really weird because it was wooden. Yeah. And there's no cracking or anything. It's just like, nope, we'll mold. Yeah. Um, and then he puts it on a record player. Which is adorable. Super cute. Here's my question, though. Where did he get all of the decorations they just randomly showed up by that tree yeah nowhere in this show does he go out and buy decorations or do anything with decorations um the reason that it's so he decorates the tree and then turns on the record player and the tree rotates around the room which i thought was super cute yeah because i have a rotating christmas tree i don't know if we've ever talked about it but i do um, I encourage everyone to get one because it's easier to decorate and then you decorate every part of your tree. You don't have to worry about the bear on the back no. because it spins around. It's very slow. So I love mine. Our, um, our cats would also love that. <laughs> <laughs> That's accurate. Uh, then Grampy gets all the kids um, 
to come around the tree with their toys and sing our favorite song once again with him joining in Christmas comes but once a year. I think the Christmas tree was rotoscoped again. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was. Yeah. I think it was. I think you're 100% And correct. I think they even built, like, little lights into it. I think so. I think like, so, yeah. It was, it was impressive. It's really pretty. Yeah. And then they end it with a giant um, 1936 Christmas seal stamp on the screen showing Santa Claus and holiday greetings. Uh, which was interesting. I don't know if that was something that was normally done back then. I actually did a little research. On oh, please tell curious. us said research. So the the Santa has the double barreled cross, which was the symbol of the fight against tuberculosis. Oh, and okay. so the stamp was actual Christmas seals that were sold to raise money for tests and research. Um, and they actually started doing that in 1906, I think it said, but these were the 1936 ones. So they were from that year. Okay. Um, and it was, to help tuberculosis. I actually found where somebody was selling a whole sheet of them, like on one of the antique sites, and it was like a full sheet of stamps, but then the ones in the corners actually said um, to help fight tuberculosis, so they would sell them to fund research or whatever. So What an interesting thing that we don't do anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, they still do Easter seals and stuff, don't they? I don't know. I know somebody that works at Easter Seals, but I still have no idea what they do. I'm sorry to anyone that I know that works at Easter <laughs> I was like, I don't know what they do. She's not going to listen to this, but yeah, still. Not. I mean, we want her to, but you know. Yeah. She like should. It. She should. Um, yeah, I I don't know. It was it was just kind of like a, a weird kind yeah. of thing. I, I don't know if maybe end. that was just like maybe part of the reason they made the cartoon in the first place was mm. to help the Easter Promote Seals the seal. out, you know. Okay. Um, that could be. That could be. That I could definitely be. One big question at the end of this. Yes. Where's the dog? Yeah, I I think the dog got killed under the pile of shit in the kitchen. Probably, um, probably walked over the over the railroad tracks. Yeah, I don't know. The the dog totally disappeared. Yeah. I love that. That's your last note. <laughs> As I just see you move your paper out of the way. Because I went back to play it again, and of course the first thing is the dog. Dog. We never see we that never dog saw again. That dog again. And honestly, to me, the dog is a better present than anything else they have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a cute pup. But it's like kids; they they already have the dog. They yeah, don't care about that. Sure. Um, so, did you have any favorite quotes? There wasn't a lot of talking. My favorite quote was just any of the random Professor Grampy laughing because he <laughs> never stopped. Like that's true. That's I true. questioned his sanity a few times. Oh, he's senile. Yeah. For sure. Um, um, I just... There was one note in one of the things I read about Professor Grampy that said that they thought, in people's headcanon or whatever, that there was another Betty Boop character that was a clown and that he might be that clown old, like once he's retired. Oh. Yeah. That's weird. Which would make sense if he's laughing all the time and yeah. helping kids and has ridiculous prop comedy with the hat, the thinking hat. That's very true. So, they said the actual like name of the clown, but yeah. 
Interesting. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I put down for a quote was the kids crying because it made me laugh. <laughs> so, so good. Um, I, I just said for a favorite scene, anytime Grampy created anything, um, because it was like, it was like a child's imagination gone wild in an old man. My fa- my favorite was anytime they showed that kid's snooty face on the vacuum because it was just like I kind of want to go back and watch it again now. <laughs> um, we normally ask this if it's a longer special, but we'll still ask it anyway. Did you notice what you thought were any gay or hidden gay characters or LGBTQ moments? I mean, I have a bad joke. He did straighten that wood. Yeah. <laughs> but that that's all. I, I didn't see anything specific. No, the only thing that I put the note was down is that the fact that all these kids were very gender um, gender absent. Like, they were just kids, and you didn't need to know what their gender was in order for them to play with toys. Like, you didn't need to know if they were boys or they were assigned as girls. Like, it was really interesting from looking at it from, like, today's perspective, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I didn't really see anybody. And I actually thought that about the little one, because, like, when I saw the, like, flowy it had more of the flowy dress mm-hmm. like sweet pea would have had in popeye yes like it reminded me of how like people would dress boys Babies. as little girls mm-hmm. back in the day or whatever yeah you know that was yeah. just a thing so so yeah that is actually interesting okay. um on a scale of one to five with five being the best how many rainbow candy canes would you give this special i'm gonna give it four and a half okay because I'm interested to hear why a half. It's short. Mm-hmm. It's fun. You know, it's cute. It's, yeah. Um, so, I, and the, the half is because of once I figured out the tuberculosis thing, you know, that was like, okay. And it also uh, had a purpose. Okay. It helped something. Okay. So, to me, that kind of kicked it up just a little bit. Okay. Um, I gave it a five. Mm. Um, I, I plan on watching this again every year. Um, I think it's adorable. I love the feeling at the end. As much as I didn't like the melancholy at the beginning, I love the pure joy at the end. Um, I love everything with Grampy, but I gave it an extra candy cane because I want that dog, and I thought that dog was super cute. So. <laughs> um. <laughs> One thing, though, with that melancholy, if you don't have that, the joy doesn't hit us This hard. is true. This so. is true. That's actually very true. You gotta have the salty with the sweet. It's true. And I mean, this is a very short cartoon. It was only like, 8 minutes and 15 seconds or mm-hmm. 17 seconds. Um, we'll have a link in the show notes so you can definitely go out and watch it on your own. You can watch it on YouTube. However, during my research, I definitely found that you could actually watch it on a couple of different public domain collections that are found on Amazon Prime. So there are like two-hour cartoons and four-hour cartoon blocks and both had it in it. So you could definitely check it out there. Um, let's go to our final question. Would you say this is a classic or not so classic Christmas special? I'd say it is a classic, um, which I'm shocked to say mm-hmm. this. Me too. It doesn't happen very often. Not on this um, show. No, no. But I mean, to me, it it is because it's the kind of thing that, like, if I finish one Christmas movie and I'm going to make cocoa or I'm going to get some eggnog or something, then I would put this on. While I'm doing that. As a buffer? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good in-between, cute, you know, the, the person that doesn't need to go get something, they have something fun to watch. Yeah. I think it's, Do you think a kid would sit through this today? I think it depends on the kid. Me too. But I, because I, I, I can't say no that they wouldn't, but I can't say yes that they would. I think you're right. I think it depends on the kid. There are some shows that I'm like, no, a kid would not sit through that. But I think 
if you can get them to get past the beginning into the first like four minutes when the toys break and Grampy making new stuff, I think they would find it whimsical. I call it whimsical. I think it's very whimsical. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I really liked it. I, I plan on watching it every year. Um, I, yeah, it just, I, it's weird because on the show we haven't had a classic, we haven't had something ranked as a classic special since last December. And um, it's just kind of weird to have one now. But yeah, yeah. I, 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 real quick before we kind of wrap this episode up, uh, if they were to remake this show today and turn it into a half an hour special, what would it need to be to get to that half an hour mark? Like, what do you think they could add to the story? Someone to take care of the actual kids? Like, like you need yeah. the, a little more intro, I think, and a little more Professor Grampy. Like, how he plays into it. Like, I would like to see his house in it. I think that would be fascinating. I think it would be really fun. Yeah. Um, like, I want to see him being, like, the guy that does the maintenance on the orphanage and the... People are stuck, oh. and he goes to check on the kids. Some, there you go. You know, to... and the kids don't recognize him because he's in the Santa suit. Right. Yeah, I could be down for that. Definitely yeah. down for that. For and sure. more of the dog. Definitely more of the dog, because I, yeah. you know, that was the thread that was left hanging. Where's yeah. the dog? Where's the dog? Um, I would also like to see uh, the orphanage close down at the end because all the kids get adopted. Yeah. And I would like different musical numbers. I think there could be a lot more added. Like, I could see Grampy doing a fun, uh, like, comedic song about inventing and inventions gone wrong and things like that. Um, the kids singing about what toys they want mm-hmm. and then, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I just think But then what they really music. want is parent. Yeah. Yeah. Aw, it's so cute. Yeah. Remake it, somebody. Take our ideas. Just give us credit. But keep the animation like that because that's cool. Yeah, definitely keep it the old style. So, well, oh my gosh. John, there's only one thing left to talk about. And what? really, it's not even so much a talk as it is a me saying, John, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas. More Christmas. Just when you think the show can't get any worse, it's time for Naughty Ned's White Elephant GIF Suggestions. Sorry.
a candle for car lovers, mechanics, and those who just love the smell of fumes from an internal combustion engine. You know, this way they can enjoy the smell without the asphyxiation. This way they can enjoy the smell without the asphyxiation. You can find the links to these candles and more in the show notes. And don't forget, don't you be a stinker. Stay off the naughty list. Hello, dear listeners. It's me, Mrs. Claus again. I just wanted to point out one little bitty little tiny thing. Um, you know, I said in the recipe to go ahead and use those delicious cinnamon candies. And it does add a delicious treat to it. But I want you to be aware that when you put them in the refrigerator, they're going to get super hard. So if you bite into it, you might chip a tooth and we don't want that. So I thought of another idea. Take some of those cute little cinnamon hot candies called hot tamales. Maybe you could cut those up into little pieces. Or, you know, add some icing to make a a, a red berry instead. So just be careful when you're freezing your, your stuff or you're, you're putting it in the refrigerator. Give it time to thaw so that nobody chips their tooths. Not that I think you would, but, you know, we just want to be safe. Okay, bye! <laughs> I love ending each episode hearing a Christmas memory or tradition, so I invited my friend John back to tell us one of his. If you'd like to share a Christmas memory, don't forget you can email us at keepingtheyuletidegay at gmail.com or simply leave us a quick 60-second voicemail at anchor.fm slash keepingtheyuletidegay. So one memory that it's it's actually kind of recent in a way um pamela and i we moved to st louis about 10 years ago and we lived in springfield missouri and um at one point we had a house and of course 2008 hit and everything sucked and we didn't have a house anymore and so when we left there we uh packed up all of our christmas lights because we didn't have anywhere on our apartment that we ended up in to put them and so as i put up the christmas lights i put a note in like instead of putting them in a box i actually just put the put them in like a walmart bag and tied them up but i put a note in each one to future us and then all of those went into our storage that we had for god four years after we moved up here and i forgot all about it and so we finally cleaned out storage and got everything out we got into a house up here again and uh when we pulled those out i found those notes and it was like hey future john and pamela i hope you're doing good you know it sucks that we're having to put these away but and it just it 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 just tore my heart out in the best way you know seeing how far we've come from how bad things got there for a while so that's a i actually kept all the notes i got rid of the bags most of the lights died but um but yeah those reading those was a real Real good Christmas memory that I'll hang on to forever. Well, that wraps up this month's episode. Thank you for listening to Keeping the Yuletide Gay with Gason. Please uh, don't forget to subscribe to the show so you can be notified when new episodes air. Remember, we try to get them out on the 24th of each month. (laughs) And uh, if you love me, 
and you want to hear more, you can definitely check out my other podcast, Gabbing with Gason, where uh, you never know what's going to happen. It's usually me and one of my friends having a conversation about life and joy and what we're binging, or you know, it could be some facts about LGBTQ things. There could be contests. Who knows? We never know what's going to happen on that show. But you can definitely find that on most major podcast apps as well. And if you want to find out more about Gabbing with Gason or Keeping the Old Tide Day Gay, you can always go to our website, uh, gabbingwithgason.com. We hope you come back for our next episode as we continue to put the mess in Christmas. Thank you for listening to Keeping the Yuletide Gay. Don't forget, if you need more Gason in your life, to listen to my other podcast, Gabbing with Gason, on all podcast apps. And you can find more information at gabbingwithgason.com. The first Noel, Old Christmas Tree, we wish you a Merry Christmas, Bring a Torch, Isabella, The Twelve Days of Christmas, and Silent Night, the Disco Edition, are provided by freexmasmp3.com. Other music and sounds used in this episode are the properties of the individual copyright holders, and they are used for the purpose of commentary and review. There's no infringement intended.